listening to the Astral Hour. I'm your host, Astral Meadow. Join me as we take a glimpse into the mysterious. Welcome everyone. Today I'm joined with my friend Carl Hess. He is a light worker and Reiki master who enjoys giving readings and doing healing work. He is currently focused on learning ancient healing secrets, writing, and teaching a therapeutic art class. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Astral. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen you at the Crystalline Expo, but I'm so happy that you reached out and we were able to get this together. Me too. It's good to stay connected to Knoxville. Yes, yes. Um, so for those who haven't heard of you, could you share a bit about yourself and your spiritual journey? Sure. My name is Carl Hess. Um, I've gone by Kaluli as well. My my website is Soul Healing with Kaluli. So getting that name was a part of my journey. Um, was it given to you or was it a name that you chose for yourself? I asked my higher self spirit during a meditation mm -hmm. and that's what I heard. I had a teacher too that, um, heard a similar name. I don't remember what it was like several years before hearing Kaluli and feeling Kaluli. Uh, Kaluli was around the time when I left Knoxville in I don't know, a few years ago and I lived with my parents in North Carolina for a little bit and I don't know I just needed to be someone other than Carl mm -hmm. I wanted a name that was like more spiritually aligned with who I was and I asked that you know with pure intentions and all that I just really wanted you know to experience another name and mm -hmm. definitely felt that name in my heart so that's beautiful i chose my spiritual name as well um and i you know i wanted a spiritual name but i waited for a couple years you know but i started doing like kundalini yoga everybody had these really cool names i'm like why you know maybe one day and then I just kept waiting and waiting until I felt because I didn't want to do it if it if it didn't feel right. And then mine just came to me one day and it was just so perfectly aligned with just who I am. And, and it kind of even incorporated like aspects of my old name, but like with a fresh energy. But the other day I was reading a mainly P. Hall book and he was talking about certain cultures Um you know, really honor like that name change. And especially if you've had like a hard life or something that you're really trying to move past, that sometimes like releasing yourself from that name can actually like free you and like give you a little bit of, I don't know, like that freshness. And um, it's, it's wild because I really do feel like when I stepped into being Astro Meadow, like my high, the highest version of me that my life just made a lot more sense and like now when people call me the other name I'm like what who, who are you talking about <laughs> all right um so I know you do some things with art and writing could you talk a little bit about what inspires you to create and some of the different things that you're creating sure 
Well, today I was sitting at my table drawing. I'm working on a very short book. I don't know if you can call it a book because it's, maybe once it's spaced out and all that stuff, it'll be like maybe 25 pages. But for each chapter, I wanted to have a, a drawing or a painting that symbolize the title of the chapter. Mm-hmm. So I was drawing today, the word was helping. And I drew a bunch of hands on a, I, I traced my hand like you do in, you know, kindergarten or something like that. But then I started looking at my hand and noticing more of the details and I was drawing those in. And um, so, yeah, I've been working on that book. It's been healing for me writing it. And each time I go through it and look at it, it just gets shorter and shorter. <laughs> it's just yeah. the, I'm just trying to capture just the essence of what that word is, yeah. what it means to me. That's awesome. I've been called to write a book of poems on randomly selected archetypes from the Akashic Records. And I never thought I was ever going to be a writer. Like I, I didn't, I just didn't think of myself as a writer. And then when I started doing the records, it just came out, you know, and so I'll ask the records which archetype I should focus on and they bring it forth. But it's similar to where it's just these really short um, poems about like an energy, you know, or an archetype. And I just sort of like pull anything I can from that particular thing and then it's done, you know, and um, I like what with you, though, like doing the art with it. That's a really cool addition, you know. But I feel like that's similar with you doing like helping where mine would be like focusing on like the helper, you know, so mm-hmm. which is really cool. So with art, do you change up your mediums? Do you have something that you prefer to work with, like paint or pencil? Well, for the, the class I've been hosting, we've, doing, we've been doing paint, acrylic paint on canvas. Okay. And that's just kind of the the activity or the focus that we're that's part of the class because I'll bring in other things like the next time we're gonna do it I'm focusing on sound healing okay and so I'll do a meditation and then so we'll bring in some kind of sound healing teaching and practice and then choose a word usually mm. um and then see what comes up for that for each individual during the meditation and then painting that out. Do you do <laughs> so. those pretty regularly or? Once a month. Yeah. Okay. And you do it through Zoom? Right? Yeah, through Zoom. And if you're in Lawrence, Kansas, um, I had a guy, an old friend from high school came to my apartment. So. Okay. Let's see. Uh, what drew you to become a healer and teacher? Well, uh, kind of going back to the first question about the spiritual journey, I kind of I grew up in in Knoxville, Tennessee, like from eighteen on, growing up for about twenty years, and I went to the university and tried to get into the teaching program there a couple times and got rejected a couple times, like. Well, what am I going to do? So I found a book on the Appalachian Trail, A Walk in the Woods. <laughs> a lot of people who have hiked the trail have read A Walk in the Woods. So that inspired me to hike the trail. And I did 
And a lot of things changed after that. But it was hiking that trail that really um, did something to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and after that, um, I started getting more into metaphysics and finding books and all like that. Finding Cryon, Lee Carroll. I followed Lee Carroll and Cryon for since 2004 or five mm-hmm. when I was in Virginia. Found that uh, the parables of Cryon in a bookstore up there. Mm-hmm. And I also found a bunch of other books and moved back to Knoxville. And I found a Reiki teacher, Teresa Richardson, and she's still in Knoxville. She hosts the Crystal and Light Expo. She kind of opened my metaphysical mm-hmm. you know toolbox and all that so she she uh, she she asked me the same question you know like why are you here sort of thing mm-hmm. I'm like I don't know I just think I told her um, I thought I, I thought that I could be a healer mm-hmm. and um I guess I am <laughs> <laughs> I love that that same person I was just telling you before we started recording that I went to my first crystalline expo like 10 years ago and I got a like she was doing free readings but with ascended master cards and so that was like my introduction not only into like oracle cards but ascended masters and I can still remember the masters that she pulled because it was like life for whatever reason it was like life changing it was like exactly what I needed to hear in that moment and I know she doesn't remember it at all but like I remember her and like I saw her years later and I'm like you're the one that did the ascended master uh cards and she just is so awesome. I feel like she has helped many of us connect and sort of remember uh, our gifts because I think many of us are like born with it. We just kind of have forgotten and that's that call. It's like, it's like I'm ready to remember now. I'm ready. And uh, that's awesome that you've worked with her too. I love that. So, um, What's a healing session with you like? this would be the ideal it would last about an hour it'd be in person but I could do it over zoom too Mm -hmm. and I usually combine like reiki and the cards and crystals and sometimes I've dabbled in shamanic stuff so I'm real connected to animals here he is right now (laughs) my, my cat yes um so sometimes spiritual animals will will come in and help and i always call on the highest and greatest ascended masters and dragons i've connected with dragons a bit Mm -hmm. um so that's what it looked like in the past but i feel like i haven't done one of those in a while so lately i've even lately i've I've done shows. I've went to, I did the Crystalline Expo in November. Then here in Kansas, I did one. And so connecting with people just coming through and doing readings for them with cards like that. And it's it's sort of like almost like a life coach. A lot of the times I'll just talk to them and then maybe at the end pull cards. I don't, I'm not like a tarot and I pull the tarot and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. This is what it says. I'm more like, let's talk about what you want to, you know, what you're working on and then pull a card or two to kind of help it along and then maybe send you some Reiki or something like that. So I like that. I like that. I definitely think talking a little bit 
helps because it helps the person sort of get that the intention like what are they really seeking and then the cards make so much more sense um mm -hmm. so i'm not like a a pro reader i do uh some readings like that like you similarly where it's just kind of intuitive and like touching base with them but i just feel like if you don't have the intention like if the person doesn't really know what they're asking like the readings are like they don't make as much sense so i definitely think that conversation gets that person comfortable and like okay why am i here you know or is this just am i just playing around you know so like sometimes i think people are just curious they don't really know what they might want to ask but uh, yeah 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 it's it's a hard challenging to give a reading that that's just real open-ended doesn't have any kind of focal point I feel like but a lot of times when you start talking to someone and then you get to something and then you pull the card it sort of validates right. what you've been talking about like oh well there it is <laughs> you know? right yes yes I love that what are some ways that you practice spiritual hygiene and what are some of your daily practices spiritual hygiene <laughs> <laughs> literally I've been learning the uh, ancient healing secrets with, start with Dr. Naram. Well, I didn't start with him, but he's the modern guy. He just passed on, but Clint G. Rogers, Dr. Clint G. Rogers took over for him once he passed away, kind of. And anyways, we're learning mostly about Ayurveda, but it's from this focal point of um, Siddha Veda, I think it's called. And um so one of the spiritual hygiene is the in the morning you have the tongue um what's it called a tongue brush tongue scraper thing <laughs> tongue scraper yeah. that's yeah. part of the uh you know six times i think like the marma points what points in your body that you can press to release something or activate something to six times that's part of my spiritual hygiene. I, I guess you might say meditation. Mm, it seems like almost everything is part of it. Some, some to a lesser degree at some points, but oh, it's, it's weird. Once you start going down, once you open up yourself to a, like more of a spiritual journey, it's like everything. Some things are more conscious efforts to tune yourself back in, like meditation. Mm -hmm. But in doing a show like this or going to, oh, I, was, I haven't been in a while, but I was going to, we learned to become a better public speaker. Mm -hmm. I can't, it's a, it's a worldwide group. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I was practicing speaking in front of others. And a lot of them weren't getting it because I wasn't really preparing things. And I would just go and kind of improv something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but just doing that and speaking uh, helped to, like the whole week before, I'd be, I would be thinking about it. And so just sort of like, kind of like this show, it's like whenever you sign up to do something that's going to, put you in an uncomfortable place it, it takes you out of yourself and so I try to do things like that I definitely think that it's healthy and you know I I used to really struggle with 
like articulating what I wanted to say. And I took a speech class in college. It was terrible. Like I would be like soaked in sweat. I hated it. I was like, I just got to get through this class. Like, I don't even know if I learned anything because I was just so focused on just getting through the class. And then I start teaching, but it was crazy because I was terrified. You know, I was terrified. I'm like three hour class. We're going to teach this. But once I, I had to get there, I just had to get there and sit down. And once I sat down, I just like, I don't know. I don't want to call it channeling because I'm not channeling. Like it's from my own subconscious, of course, but it was like, I was in flow and I don't know, just seeing myself do it one time. I was like, I think I can, you know, talk in front of people. It just has to be about something that I love. And if I love it, then like, it just comes to me, you know? But the speech class is hard because it would be some weird topic, you know, that she would pick out for the class. So I would just be like totally bored with that. Didn't want to talk about it at all. But I don't just pushing yourself, you know, and a while back, like there was a couple people that would comment on my courage and they're like, you're so courageous doing the podcast and things. And I never thought about that, you know, it's like that's kind of brave of me to put myself out there. But some people, you know, like. I wouldn't have believed I could even do this a couple years ago. Um, but pushing myself and then I did it. I did the first episode. And I'm like, oh, well, now I've done it. So I can't say that I, that I couldn't because I have. So I definitely think that there's something about pushing yourself right outside of that comfort zone. And you see, you're like, well, I can do a lot more than I even could imagine, you know. So that's awesome that you've experienced that, too. I can do a lot more than a, what I thought I could imagine. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> so what do you do when you're feeling uninspired? How do you move through harsh times? Mm. I acknowledge it first. And it'll just come up when I'm watching a show or anything. And um, I'll just stop the show and feel through it. And sometimes, you know, you go through your week and you get in the routine. You don't always have time to really sit and reflect that way. But I think a lot of times on Sundays, I will wake up and I don't have to get up. So I'll just sit there Saturday, Sunday morning and, and just let myself feel all the things in my body and release those. But... It can be really challenging sometimes to, because hmm. really coming to Kansas has been almost a challenge the whole time. I mean, I've been here over two years and it's very different. Um, so I've had to work through a lot of things kind of on my own, it seems like. But you gotta, you have to be where you are. And you know, Lawrence, Kansas isn't Knoxville, Tennessee. It isn't anywhere else. It's Lawrence, Kansas. So I remember reading a quote by Abraham Hicks or like the problem with moving is you take all that you are with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're going to go to this new place and maybe expecting all these new things and stuff, but you really, you're bringing your whole self with you. And you just, if you're trying to get away from something, if that's what it is, you know, it's just going to go with you. So to to flow with the vibe of the place <laughs> that's the uh that's kind of the key to 
truly being where you are. So I've, I've had to shift quite a bit, even though I lived here before 25 years ago. <laughs> um, it's, it's a different Lawrence and it's a different me. So. Yeah. Like you explaining, like just to feel it, just let yourself feel it. You know, I've just went through a pretty traumatic experience recently and so badly there was a part of me I was like I just want to dissociate I just don't want to feel it you know so I was like trying to distract myself like let's just clean everything in the house let's just go to Chuck E. Cheese today with the kids let's just you know and I was trying to just stay busy 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 because I was like I'm not ready to feel it I'm not ready to feel it and there was a point with my therapist where I was ready and I was like I, I think I want to you know, it was like my consciousness or I don't know, maybe it's just my emotional body was like hovering on the outside and it was like not integrated into my physical body. And she does, you know, she's a metaphysician. So she's a therapist and a metaphysician, which is really awesome for me. But um, she helped me. She did some kind of Reiki thing, like integrate everything back into one. But then I had this huge like emotional like outpouring, you know, because I had been kind of putting it off, like not ready to feel it. But there was so much in that moment, like, and that release is what I really needed. I needed to feel it and move through it and stop putting it off. Cause I feel like when we put it off, it like makes us a little, it makes it harder. It's almost like it's harder for us to come back to it later. But if we can just feel things in those moments and just be with ourselves, just be present, you know, maybe we could move through things more gracefully even, but uh, I don't know. I feel like our whole society just sort of wants us to mask our feelings, you know, and like, oh, oh, if it's too bad, why don't you just, why don't you just put that off till later, you know, uh, <laughs> take something so you don't feel it or whatever. But um, there's something really magical about sitting with the hard emotions, you know. So your art class is like a healing art class. Um, what are some of the intentions that people set? And what are some examples of things that people are able to sort of, uh, I guess, accomplish? I don't know if accomplish is the word, but, um, you know, what are some things that sort of come up for people in those classes for you? Mm. Well, I'm going to start with saying that I got into art when I started doing, I called it Kids in the Arts Camp mm -hmm. at the Birdhouse. And I did it, started, it eventually turned into a quarterly thing when the kids were out of school for a week or the summer or the fall break or the winter break. And I have teachers in Knoxville come in and do their hour, whatever. Um, Alex Pulsifer, he did drumming and music. A woman named Deborah did a lot of hands-on craft stuff. Uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Domina, she did a lot of painting and watercolor and had some yoga, had dance. But working with all these art teachers, I got to learn from them. And, uh, you know, I don't do those kids' camps anymore, but recently I did a reading with someone. We did a trade, and she was an artist and doing art I guess you might call it channeled art mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and having that reading with her um, got me back into art I was like why don't I just combine art with 
the metaphysical things that I do. And so, and I'm kind of an intuitive, empathic, and being able to express through color. So we started, the first class was just about color, like picking a color, and people meditated, and whatever color came to them, that was their background color for their painting. Mm. Um, You know, different colors have different healing properties, and so that was the focus of the first class. The next class was more about spirit animals and animals, and we did the meditation, whatever animal came through, we would paint that. The last class we did... Mm, what did we do the last time? I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, I've just, it's fun to, to have an activity and give a, a focal point to the, to make it practical, to make it grounded. So metaphysical isn't so far out there. Right. You got to make it practical and even though we're not creating maybe beautiful pieces of artwork, that's not really the point. I'm, I'm not a trained artist. <laughs> the point is, is just to be able to express and have the creativity, mm-hmm. bring out the creativity within you to play with. I love that. I think some people are intimidated by art because they think, oh, I have to be this like Da Vinci or something. And it's like they they don't realize that there's so much more going on or there can be. I mean, it's not that Da Vinci stuff isn't amazing. You know, it's just that like, we don't need another Da Vinci. You know, we already have that. So (laughs) there's so much more going on than just what you see when you're doing it. I feel like from that therapeutic perspective, you know. You said Da Vinci, we did sacred geometry. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I I did a little PowerPoint and uh, we had the Vitruvian man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He was part of that. That is part so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm um I'm an artist. I paint and draw and embroider and most of my art is so like I try to get it exact, like it's I'm really overthinking it most of the time, but since you know this traumatic thing that's happened to me, I've been trying to sit that kind of art to the side because a lot of that I sell. So and energetically, I've just been needing something else, something that's not for anyone but me. So I've been trying to focus on it from like more of the therapeutic aspect, but I've never taken an art therapy class. So I'm not really sure what I'm doing, <laughs> but I've been trying to just say like what shape wants to come out, you know, and just focusing on that. Like what color am I feeling? Just focusing on that, like one choice at a time without any kind of expectation of what it might look like at the end. And it has been so nice it's like all this chaos that's been going on it's like I can put it on the paper and then I can see it and it and Mm -hmm. it's weird because like once I'm done like I'll see like a certain thing within it that I wasn't able to see while I was making it and I'm like oh this is like the point I'm at you know in this like and I'm like about to move through this thing it's it's like the shapes end up almost being like when you do like an oracle reading or something and I'm like okay I can see it now. So like something that was once unconscious is now right here in front of me. I can make it conscious. You described it better than I did. Oh yeah. That, <laughs> well, that's I really... literally just went through it. Like I, I just started doing it um, like last week and I'm like, how funny that I'm about to record this episode. Uh, here I am like needing it the most, like more than I've ever needed it in my life, you know? Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. That was, that's totally the magic of it is when you're, 
feeling, you know, you're going through something, then you paint it out and you look at it and see it. Mm-hmm. And then when you, when you show the, the art to the people in class and you share, you can kind of bounce ideas off each other and reflect on it. That's right. helpful. To me. For sure. I loved with the life as guru class that I taught, we would do creative exercises at the end and, you know, I, I would have an overall theme, like, like people would focus on like maybe their Zodiac sign or like the divine feminine or something. And it was, I just loved how different people would approach it different ways, but it was like each person was learning from those different perspectives. And it was just such a beautiful chemistry that I did not experience like in art school, you know, that I always kind of hated art school as far as like the critiquing you know like at the end you're just like you're just sweaty and you're nervous and you're scared that that people aren't gonna love your thing that you put all this time in but it was different with the class because like it wasn't this competition it wasn't like oh someone's gonna harshly judge me it was like everyone was trying to find the thing you know like trying to see like and relate to that person it was so much more comforting than just someone critiquing your art you know and like this negative like oh well the contrast isn't good or you don't have enough complimentary colors or just like all these like technicalities just go out the window you know Um, that's one of the the things that hmm, when we do shows like this and when we talk about our metaphysical and art healing practices and then we and then we go to like the art school and at the university and think about that experience mm-hmm. or we listen to another podcast about astrophysics and he's a skeptical guy, but you're learning really cool things about quantum mechanics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when and how can we bridge, you know, the, the, the woo woo right. into, the, you know, the hard concrete stuff that we've been doing in a way for forever so I'm glad you are doing this program. And, oh, I just, it excites me when um when you start talking about like art therapy, but then also talking about your experience in art school and how there was like no connect really with your feelings. It was more like you've got to be a great artist kind of thing. Or So being able to bridge these two worlds Mm-hmm. um it's kind of a, a fantasy almost it's like how do we bring this spirituality into the science and yeah. how do we make things that are so academic less academic and more um, about creativity and fun yeah so. yeah and I really think that you know collectively we're kind of approaching this I think we're all sort of tuning more into our like divine intelligence to where we don't have to approach everything so analytically that we're kind of like channeling what we need to know and I've been trying to trust that more lately to where like I don't have to cram all these facts like I can just you know trust that I've done the work at some point and that it'll flow through me and um I feel like it's it's not just with like philosophy and things like that it's like art too it's just we can over intellectualize it, but like, are we getting anything out of that? You know, besides just a really beautiful piece of art, which, you know, aesthetically that's great too. But, um, 
I don't know. I just feel like there's something deeper with the intuitive art, you know, that's coming forward. And I think we're ready for that as a collective. We're ready to like bring those, that connection back into not just art, but like always, like all things that we're doing, you know, and just trusting that we're always being guided, you know, like each time we pick a color, it's for a reason. Like you could probably see this painting behind me, but this is like 32 mm. layers <laughs> and I would just pick one color a day and then I would put a whole bunch of tape on this painting and that like one day it would be red, you know, and I would just feel that color let it dry. The next day, put another thing of tape on it. And sometimes it would be like crazy. Like I'd rip the tape and, and make all these little uh, designs with it. And some days it would just be like squares or, you know, and I wouldn't think about the shape at all. I would just focus on color. But at the end, like when I look at this painting, I'm like, I can see where I was at that point in my life. It's like, it's like a little picture of like my unconscious at that point, which is so fun to come back to you know but it, it has no like like it's not like it has a model or it's not a tree like out in you know what I mean it's just like there's no concept to it it's just feeling that color for the day and I think you know just giving yourself that freedom to just make anything like it doesn't have to matter like what it ends up as but it it almost always ends up being something really cool and like that you end up loving, even if someone else might not love it, you know, but. You know, I could really um, feel that painting. Yeah. You, or wouldn't no, the, I don't know what you call it. It's not a painting. I guess it is. But anyways, you start talking about it. I was like, whoa, you just <laughs> sort of like lit up when you started yeah. thinking about that. Cool. Yes. Yeah, I call them grid paintings, and um, mm -hmm. I've done quite a few now, but the first one I did was my favorite. Like, I couldn't recreate that, like, because I'm a different person, you know? Like, when I make another one, I'm a different person, but I loved the way that the first one just encapsulated everything about that time period. So, you've talked a little bit about dreams and, and things when we were planning for this show. Um What's your understanding of dreams? Do you feel that they are meaningful or symbolic in some way? There's so many different types of dreams, I would say. And if you're paying attention to your dreams, you can learn a lot from what you remember from your dreams and, and incorporate into your daily life. Um, but you got to remember them. A lot of times people aren't always good. And sometimes I don't. I do mm -hmm. not go for a long time. Other times I'll I'll have a really heavily dream period. And if I'm meditating regularly and, um, you know, keeping up with my spiritual hygiene, I seem to think I remember my dreams better mm -hmm. when I do that. But I'm, I'm working on a field game now. Like everyone, I say field game. They're like, what's that? I'm like, well, soccer. Soccer is a field game. A game playing at a field. And I had this dream like two or three years ago when I was in North Carolina. It was this crazy, like chaotic, like everybody running around. Didn't seem to be any kind of pattern to it. But it was so cool and so fun. And I just kept thinking about this dream. I'm like, how do I manifest this? And I, So I have. I've, I've, I wrote down kind of how I thought how I think this game goes and I've been creating the materials for it. 
Um, and all that came from a dream. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's like a, um, sometimes during day-to-day life, it's hard to listen to spirit for a lot of times. Like, you know, what does God want from me or, or what am I trying to create? I don't know what I want, you know, all these layers and things get in the way of what we really want. But in the dream world, uh, it's, it's a little different because um, I feel like a lot of those filters come go away and it's more like it is a symbolic language of spirit. So if you can pay attention to it and, and just write it down or think about it in the morning, if you remember, even if it's just one thing about the dream, Mm -hmm. one aspect of it, they could say, Oh, okay. And then that'll kind of like, help you reframe something yeah i do usually suggest with people that are like oh i can't remember keep a dream journal and it's interesting because sometimes it might take me like months to figure out the deeper meaning of a dream but if i write it down for some reason it like helps me remember it more so like three months later i might be walking through and like it's almost like that's when i get that deja vu moment or something like that I'm like oh yeah I had this I had this dream you know and uh I think there's something about writing it down it's almost like similar to the art therapy you're sort of pulling something unconscious and grounding it and now you have this thing to like reference and I think dreams are similar too like if we write them down even if it's just you know a couple words that sort of describe the feeling Mm. then like we might be out and about and like that feeling just comes back to us oh I think that my higher self was kind of like maybe giving me a heads up about this and now I can recognize it, you know? So I want to, I don't keep a dream journal, but I'm feeling inspired to do so. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not great with it all the time, but if I, if it's something that I really feel like I'm going to need to remember this, I will write it down. But um, lately I've been, doing the Kashuk records in the morning. So I'll wake up and just sort of sit there for a little bit. And then I'll go into my little book nook and open the records. And if I remember anything about the dream, I'm able to ask the records uh, questions about it. And it's, it's been really cool. It's something I, I don't know. I just feel like it, I've like, it's like a life hack somehow. Like, could you please further explain (laughs) what the raccoon meant in the background of this dream, you know? Um, and they always have this beautiful answer, you know, um, that makes sense to me, you know, it might not make sense to anyone else, but, uh, I don't know. It's really helped me want to like, remember my dreams more so I can go in and be like, is this something I should, uh, look, look for in the future? Or was this something I'm releasing from the past? You know, um, Mm -hmm. I feel like I work on a lot of fear in, in the dream realm, Um, Not that I have like scary, terrible dreams, but it's like I'm able to process things that I'm scared of or things that, you know, give me anxiety, but in this more comfortable way. So just Mm -hmm. symbolically, I'll play it'll play out. And then even if it does feel like a bad dream when I wake up, I feel like somehow I faced something or prepared for something or. I don't know. I haven't fully figured out the dream realm either, but um, I definitely think that I'm going to that same place when I'm like meditating and 
you know, doing these like guided meditations where I get these visuals. I'm like, I think I'm in the same realm. I think it's the same place. It's like I can, when I'm lucid, I can control it more, uh, which is cool because sometimes I'm in the dream. I'm like, I guess I'm just watching it. It's almost like I'm watching it from above. But uh, in the meditation, it's like I'm actually in it. And so I can like look around and, uh, you know, like read things or touch things. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's there's like levels to it, you know. And when we're dreaming, it's like we're still in that like kind of in between. Like we're not able to to know everything, you know, because our conscious mind's asleep. So it's just like our spirit is playing, playing out these stories or whatever. Yeah, I definitely think that something there's something going on with dreams that's beyond just just the processing too, you know. Um for our last question, could you tell us where you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> that was my question. Oh man. <laughs> you're right. You're the one that suggested that one. So. That's like a question you hear at a job interview. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, being in Kansas, it's things of, uh, and doing this 100-day experience with the Clint G. Rogers and um, the, I, the what do you want, Marma, is the, your pointer finger on your right hand, pressing it six times. You can do it with the, I often just do it with the thumb, or but it's shown to do it with your other hand. Maybe that's because it like connects both sides of your body might be better. But okay. doing that a lot. And we did one meditation in the group and you kind of I do what you do. The what do I want, Marma? Then see like a clear board and then kind of if you're a good visualizer, see what comes in. So I saw myself flying. Mm-hmm. So I did this flight intro flight lesson and went up in a Cessna. So I I want to be a pilot. So it's cost quite a bit of money and I'm not sure how I'm going <laughs> to pay for it, but that's one of the things I want to do. And I want to go to Alaska and I'm not sure what I'll do there, but maybe I'll drive a school bus and fly a plane on the side or something. Um <laughs> I I want to be married. I've been doing weddings, officiating weddings for 20 plus years. And I haven't found the person to marry yet. So it'd be nice to find that person. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at my drum set. And drumming and music has been one of my ways to balance and heal so, and I've struggled with tendonitis on and on for a, a long time. So it'd be great if I could fully heal my body and not have to deal with some of the aches and pains. So, and I, I'm doing that, that now a little bit with this, the mung bean soup, eating lots of mung bean soup. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 years. Yeah. Married in Alaska, flying a plane. How about that? I love that. I love that. I love when we can just feel that call and it it might not make sense how we could ever accomplish it. But like for some reason, we're like, I I can see it happening. You know, I can see myself happy in that. So I'm going to pursue it. I think some people, they get that same kind of visual and they're like, there's no way, you know, they just like, they just, 
like kill the dream but I love that you're sitting with it and like embracing it you know that this this is a possibility for me and I just have to you know set that as my intention and take the steps and really believe in it and you know I'll be in Alaska in 10 years I love that that's so cool that you're able to dream that way I would say that to everybody. If you have some kind of wild idea that just pops in or if you got this wild and crazy dream, mm-hmm. you know, keep it for yourself and don't go on the podcast right away if you're not comfortable with the dream and tell the whole world. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Someone once told me that that's one of the keys to manifestation sometimes is because sometimes if you tell people your dreams and, you know, other people, people don't want that for you (laughs) and that might get in the way but if you feel comfortable in yourself I guess and mm, I don't know there's so many different things about manifesting but anyways the point I wanted to say is you got that little nudge listen to it yes yes I think our higher self is always kind of making little suggestions and uh, seeing if we're paying attention (laughs) so what's the best way for our listeners to follow you um reach out for a healing session or sign up for your art class. Mm. Well, I got a meetup group. If y'all have meetup, it's an app. It's called, I changed the name. It's called create with me. Okay. So you can find create with me on meetup. You could go to my website, soul healing with Kaluli, which is K A H like Carl Allen Hess, Lou L U L E E.com. Um, or you could just email me. I changed my email address to uh, love me you one forever at Gmail. Right. Love me you one forever at gmail.com. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Astral Meadow. <laughs> yes. And thank you all for tuning in. Check us out next time on the Astral Hour.